Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, fellow gamers. You are listening to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. On Thursdays like today, we cover recent gaming news. Please make sure to subscribe to our feed so you don't miss any new content. I am your host, Paul, and with me, he's come down with a terrible case of the dollar flu. Let's just all hope that he pulls through it. It's Josh. Hey, that's better than the 50 cent flu. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) What, What exactly would the 50 cent flu be? I don't. Uh, all, all, all you can listen to is Fifty Cent. Go show it's your birthday. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. An overwhelming urge to listen to Fifty Cent. <laughs> all right. Before we jump into gaming news, we do want to give a huge shout out to a new Patreon supporter who signed up with Rare Status, and their name is El Capo de Soldati. And our show does rely on listener support, so if you want to consider supporting us, like. El Capo de Saldati does, you can head on over to MultiplayerSquad.com. All right, so news here for this week. I think probably the biggest news is that Dead Island 2 released on April 21st. It actually got pretty decent reviews from critics. Josh and I are... Well, actually, I am playing Dead Island 2. Josh might have cracked out over the weekend, and he's already done with it. (laughs) Oh, you called me out already? Oh, man. (laughs) We will be deep diving Dead Island 2, and that episode will release on May 8th. So you guys will have to wait about a week and a half until that deep dive drops. Uh, yeah, Josh, you, how many hours did you spend in Dead Island 2 yesterday? Uh, I have, I have 20 hours. Uh, I checked right before recording. I have 20 hours total. I, the game I released don't normally, like 36 hours ago. I don't normally <laughs> do this, but I did leave it paused for a little bit while I was doing a few chores around the house and stuff. But yeah, I just, I had one of those miraculous Saturdays where I had like nothing to do. Yeah. Like all day. My daughter had a sleepover, so she was tired. My kids were just worn out. Wife was, you know, had stuff to do. And it was just like, I'm just playing this game all day, man. And uh, (laughs) we're recording this on the 23rd. It came out on the 21st and I'm done with this game already. (laughs) You and I hopped in on a co-op session on Friday evening. And then the next time you told me anything about Dead Island 2 was I'm I'm in chapter 24 out of 25. (laughs) And so I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) All right. For our first news story here, let's talk a little bit about Immortals of Avium. The studio describes playing the game as fast, fluid, first-person spell-based combat where magic is at the core of both offense and defense. Players can creatively leverage three forces of magic and are rewarded for clever chained attacks and well-timed counters. 
All right, so we got an announcement trailer for this game a little bit over a week ago, but then they released a devoted gameplay trailer. Josh, now that we've had a chance to see some more gameplay here of Avium, what are your impressions of this and what did you see? It, I, it's beautiful. That's the that's the thing, honestly, when you watch this video that stands out to me more than anything. This game is made in Unreal Engine 5, you can tell. Um, I mean, everything just looks incredible the environments the resolution texture details all of the particle effects um i I mean you know everybody's wanting to know like hey when are we going to start seeing some of these unreal engine 5 games this is this is one of them right here um i mean the environments look incredible the gameplay honestly looks really good to me it's super fast-paced it's just a little weird that they want to sell the like the spell thing because it's really just doom it looks like doom with spells (laughs) (laughs) it kind of does and it's to me when i was watching the gameplay there's no hud in what they recorded and it's a little almost so chaotic that i didn't really know what was going on half the time i mean it looks beautiful like you said the visuals are stunning but i found the combat to almost be a little incomprehensible at times yeah. if yep. that makes sense no that's exactly right dude I, yeah it's, there's so many just colorful spells getting thrown around <laughs> green you know? red and blue all yeah. over the place and it's just like then <laughs> the guy holds up a mystical shield with his one hand and then he's spitting just green blue and red particle effects and flames and poison or something. I don't know, man. I will say that there is so much going on on the screen at one time that I'm with you. I kind of got like the, oh, this looks really cool. But like, what are you, what am I doing in this game? Am I just hurling particles everywhere? (laughs) It almost seems like a button masher in first person perspective from this trailer. I'm not saying that's how the gameplay actually is, but that's kind of how it came across. Um, there's a lot going on. There is some really neat stuff that I saw in this trailer. They show a lightning whip that works like a grapple hook. Yes. So there's like a blue whip that you can hit on something, pull yourself up. That's pretty neat. We see a double jump. Um, the abilities are all pretty wild. There's like shooting green bullets, like a mini gun and all kinds of wild stuff like that. But I, I think the greatest thing is absolutely the graphics. I mean, we have been hit, and there's also a story coming later today about oh. Unrecord <laughs> and how realistic some of these Unreal Engine graphics look. Um, fun fact, my wife had to perform CPR on me after calling 911, and I had to be revived after seeing the recommended uh, specifications <laughs> on this game, Josh, because oh, this game comes out in only a couple months. It comes out in July. Josh... I am barely going to be able to play this game, and I have a pretty beefy PC. So on the recommended settings, in order to play on 1440p resolution and to get 60 frames a second on medium settings, you have to have an i7 12th gen processor or a Ryzen 7 5700X with a 3080 Ti graphics card. I'm nowhere near this, Josh. I'm not even going to be able to play in 1440p. This is insane. Well, sucks to be you, Paul. <laughs> I'm going to have to play this game on like 720p to get 60 frames oh, a second. I, I, What's funny is I have a 4K monitor, uh, and so I don't know that I'll be able to push this game in 4K. Um, but no. I do have the 3080. I do have the uh, the 12th gen processor and all that. So 3080 um, Ti though, Josh? No, it's not, Paul. Uh-huh. Darn it. Yeah. Hello, 45 frames a second. <laughs> 
Like, here's the thing, man. Everybody's excited for Unreal Engine 5 stuff. And here we go. We got it. And this game looks like it's going to be mindless fun. Like, honestly, any criticism about overdone particle effects or, you know, how many different colored spell lights can you have on the screen at one time? You know, it's like we're we're getting Unreal Engine 5 stuff and everybody's excited to see it. The problem is if nobody except for the very tip of the top of PC gamers can appreciate this, then it doesn't do us a ton of good in that regard. Like, can we play it? Yes, we can. Can we play it in all its glory? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, but soon. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that makes me wonder, you know, are they going to be able to optimize this over time? And we're just getting like the, okay, the games are coming out, but we have zero clue how to optimize these yet, but at least here you go. Or is this just going to be unreal engine five? And it's like, if you want to play one of these games, you, you better be at the, like the upper 5% of PC builds for it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So if you haven't seen this trailer or if you don't know much about the game, it's really just imagine a first person shooter. It's just spells instead of guns and half half the spells operate as guns. So, yeah, yeah, it's a neat idea. I don't know if this one's going to completely land, but it is gorgeous. One thing that I really loved and I have a, a quote here I wanted to read from the chief technology officer. He said, in some games, you look at the cinematics and you say, that looks amazing. And then you see the gameplay and you say, that doesn't look the same. That's typical. We've lived for that long in video games. But in our game, the quality is super close. You're watching an in-game cinematic and then the camera flies into Jack's head and you assume first-person control and everything looks the same. The visual fidelity is one-to-one with only some changes to depth of field, motion blur, and other cinematic cutscene effects. Everything is in real time. And there is a video that highlights this where it goes from cinematic flies inside the character's head and you just start running. So it's, it's an absolute technological achievement here with what you see in the game. It won't be accessible to everyone, but it does once again, just make us so excited for the future of gaming here the next year to two. It really is going to be something special. Yeah, it really is. They they go into a lot more of the actual tech that they're using, too, because everybody's, again, not to, to harp on Unreal Engine 5, but hey, this is big gaming news, right? And they actually go into some of the technology. We can keep it very short, but one of the things they do is this something called Nanite, where it's really smart. And I don't know why this didn't exist before, to be honest. But basically, if you get really close to something, the texture goes up, like the resolution goes up. But if you're far enough away that it doesn't matter, then it just renders at a normal resolution, which saves a lot of processing power and graphical requirements and stuff like that, which sounds great. But then it's like, I need a 3080 just to play this. And that's with the technology. (laughs) Like, wait a minute, man. Um, But it was cool to kind of see that this game... I I feel like this is the tech demo that they made into a game to try to start getting the word out there and pushing the envelope a little bit. Yeah, I've never felt like my 2080 Ti was (laughs) not good enough until this story. All right, moving into the next thing that we learned this week. Ubisoft held a Division Day, which was highlighting their IP, The Division. And I thought the first two Division games were fine. Josh, you were a huge fan. You definitely liked it more than me. Uh, we got a cinematic intro and a developer deep dive for their next game, which is called The Division Heartland. This is going to be a free-to-play multiplayer survival action shooter set in the Division universe. 
And this one's kind of interesting. The backdrop of the game is basically that there is something called Green Poison that gets released on the world on Black Friday. Uh, they call this poison, which is actually a virus. I thought that was a little confusing. They uh, nickname it the Dollar Flu because it spreads through money. Um, I thought that was a little funny. I don't know how many people still go out on Black Friday. I thought everyone just orders on Amazon and BestBuy.com and stuff yeah. these days. Plus, what kind of loser taints cash, man? Everything's digital nowadays. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I know we live in a big city, but I can't remember the last time I paid for anything in cash. No. Um, I, so I, this follows the division kind of storyline because I'm pretty sure that's what they did in the division one or the the division two, which kind of set up the whole like post-apocalyptic thing with this green gas that was released everywhere. And that's why the world's kind of in chaos. So I'm pretty sure they're just continuing that into heartland as far as like the overarching, like why is everybody out here doing what they're doing? Yeah. And so in this particular entry, you are charged with hunting down a rogue agent that killed the rest of your team. They say you have no clues. You don't know why the agent went rogue. And so you're going to hunt them down. Uh, the beta gameplay here, Josh, it looks exactly like The Division. So I think if you're a fan of The Division, you're going to love Heartland. If you didn't like The Division, I don't know that this is necessarily going to offer anything new other than the fact that it's free to play. So everyone will be able to dabble in it. Um, but this to me looked exactly like what you would expect. It's just a newer, shinier version of the division. I, I played a lot of the division one and two. I like that gameplay loop. It's just a looter shooter type game. You can play online with friends. It's challenging. It, it can be really tough at times. Um, there's, there is a PVP element that I really liked. You would go on raids and have raid mechanics and stuff like that. So I was a fan of the division in division two and played a pretty good bit of those. So I'm watching the heartland trailer and it's like, Oh dude, I haven't played division in a long time. This, like the, the, this is what gets me on this though. The main claim to fame for Heartland over the Division 2 is that it's set in rural America. So instead of being in a big city, you're now in the suburbs. Like, oh, oh, okay. Like that's a neat change of setting, I guess. And they added survival elements where they're saying, and they even kind of go into it for a minute or two where it's like, Hey, thirst is, is, is you're going to, you have to have fresh, clean water to drink or you'll get really thirsty and then that'll slow you down and stuff like that. But otherwise, I feel like they just took the Division 2, carved out a little piece of the map, and went, hey, guys, it's a new game. Yeah. Uh, look, houses instead of skyscrapers. Like, you guys want to play it, don't you? <laughs> and what's crazy to me is like, I and I'm not trying to slander this because honestly, I am interested in playing it because I like the Division. But I feel like this is ex this is so Ubisoft, man. <laughs> Like, yeah. you're just you're just taking a block of a game that you already made. You're changing the skins of the buildings. You're throwing in one survival mechanic where I have to find water occasionally, and you're labeling it as a brand new game. And I just like that baffles me. Yeah, there's really nothing that seems all that new here. It seems like the Division 2.5 just slapped in the middle of Kansas it's or DLC whatever state they is say. what it is. It's a new map. Yeah. Like yeah. and one mechanic of like survivalness. Everything else, the combat they showed, the big bosses are still bullet sponges. I watched one part of the video where the guy unloads like an entire magazine into a boss and takes off like a third of his health. You know, and it's like the the character models, the graphics, like there is just nothing different in this. And they're touting this as like the guys, the division is back. And I'm just kind of going like, well, why wouldn't I just play the division two again? 
That's what I was going to say, especially when they're still making new content for The Division 2. I guess this is just doubling down on players who really love The Division. I mean, one neat thing is that you can sign up for the closed beta, which I did because it's still early. You know, we've only seen a little bit. I'd be very curious to play it. But if you do get selected, you get to invite five friends with you. Which is a lot. I don't, I don't know if I remember ever seeing a beta where if you're selected, you get five friend invites along with it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, that is kind of neat. So if you get invited, let me know because again, I like <laughs> the division. Like the gameplay is fun to me. I just have an issue again with Ubisoft recycling all of their content and trying to claim that it's something new. This is nothing new other than you're in a neighborhood instead of a city. Like legitimately, there's just... I saw nothing in this video that made me go like, oh, wow, this is the next evolution of this franchise. Yeah, I think it's just more of the same, which is, you know, for better or worse. All right, well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back and we're going to talk about Unrecord. Okay, we are back, Josh. I'm not too sure how to get started on this one here, but we saw some gameplay footage of a game called Unrecord. It has hyper-realistic first-person shooter graphics. It is from the perspective of a body cam on a police officer. This trailer absolutely blew up. I first saw it on the front page of Reddit. People in our Discord were talking about it. A lot of people debated whether or not this was actually gameplay or recorded footage in real life, because that's the point that we are at now with Unreal Engine 5. Uh, this literally if you just play the first 15 seconds and show it to 100 people and say is this a game or real life every single person is gonna say it's real life yeah oh it this this broke the internet for a couple days to be honest with you you first linked it and i watched it and i legitimately went that's not gameplay footage that's a recording that somebody made to look like gameplay footage and we saw something like this where they had the Unreal Engine 5 demo where they had the train station in Japan. And mm-hmm. it was it was photorealistic. You could not tell that this was graphics rendered. And it was like, okay, but that was kind of standing still and just looking around. This is like gameplay where the guy is running through an area. And I did the exact same thing. I went, this isn't real. Like, okay, the guy made it look like a game, but there's this is not a real game footage. This is, you know, filmed footage with a like an overlay of a UI or something like that. And apparently I wasn't the only one, Paul, because <laughs> I started, I, I went to Google and I put is unrecord <laughs> and then it just auto populated fake and it is not fake. The developer no. actually posted a tweet that said, Hey, everybody is calling this fake. This is not fake. Like, thank you for the compliment, but here's proof. And it was in-game footage of the camera where he could pan the camera around and look around. And then that's when you get to realize like, whoa, like, whoa, it's insane. <laughs> how, how can this be? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons it looks so realistic is, well, a couple of things. First of all, the way the body bobs and weaves going around corners and walking, it looks hyper realistic. This is not like a game where it just ever so slightly bobs as you walk. This looks exactly like every time you've watched body cam footage online and in part, That's also why I found this to be so unsettling, because anytime I've seen body cam footage, it's because someone's going to get shot and people are debating whether or not the actions were lawful. And then and then a real person dies or gets seriously wounded. And in this game, they have blurred the faces of everybody in the game to 
keep it looking hyper realistic because you can make a body look really good and it's the face that kind of gives it away at times so in this game you look like an officer peeking around a corner you see a guy with a blurred face and then you shoot him and they fall over dead and i'll be completely honest like i had a knot in my stomach the first time i watched it but i had to also admit at the same time the technological achievement once again just like in immortals of avium this stuff is just getting so hyper-realistic, it's almost scary. It's like we've hit that point where AI can create these pictures of the Pope wearing the jacket and people think it's real, and now we're getting actual gameplay footage like this. I, I don't know how you can make like a long campaign or a, or a real game out of this. It almost feels to me more like a tech demo. I mean, can you actually build this out into a full game? I don't see... That's the one kicker with this, is there? you do see a couple UI elements where at one point it gives an option like a dialogue choice and you see the guy just kind of point towards the one that he wants to say. Like to call dispatch and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. so that's like the very first indication where you're like, this isn't just a video camera, like footage that I'm watching. And then there is a point where it's like the guy goes to like kick open a door and the animation is, isn't quite a hundred percent. Like that's where your brain kind of goes like, okay, something's different here, even though it's insanely close. Like I'll be honest, man, you really have to look. My thought on this is because the graphics are so incredible in this game that the general thinking is like, this is going to be almost like a choose your own adventure type game. This is not going to be like a real world free movement um, type thing, but we don't know yet. And the developer has said, no, you can actually wander around. This is not like a hundred percent on rails, um, but you have to check out this video. It's it's one of those things where you will not believe that this is a rendered game footage. And I'm kind of with you, Paul. As much as I want incredible graphics, this borders on like uncomfortable in a weird a way. A little bit, man. Like, for sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I want my video games looking like real life like this, dude. Like, I know that sounds goofy. Give me the fantasy settings or the sci-fi settings and have those look realistic. But like, I'm not sure I want super realistic looking first person shooters or something like that. It just, it does, man. It makes me feel a little weird. And I don't know if it's my brain kind of rebelling and going like, that's not real. You're not real. (laughs) I'm pretty sure none of that's real. You're not real. Well, it's like you hit a point. Okay. So for example, we're, we're playing Dead Island 2, right? Yep. The game famously has this flesh system, and I can uh, hack a guy in the stomach, and his intestines are going to pop out, right? But now, do I want that with ultra-realistic graphics? No, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see things that are quite that violent or realistic. You almost have to have a certain distance from reality in order yes. for it to be entertainment. And I don't want it to blur the line too much if that makes sense yeah (laughs) and that you mentioned the motion too that's the other thing i'll touch on is that um it it looks legit and i think that's one of the things that adds so much realism to this video and to why you think that this is actual just real life footage but it's so crazy how good it fits that you can actually get like a little motion sick from it like if you're watching it because your brain is going like this is real there's movement going on and I was showing it to a, a coworker and he was like, dude, this, oh, this is kind of messing with my head, man. Like the movement's too, too good or something. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's just something weird, man. Now imagine it in VR. <laughs> oh, I'd puke. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, what I think is going to have to be our last story of the day. We have not really talked about Witchfire, 
But this game is set for release here uh, sometime in the near future. We do not yet have a date. It's still officially listed as early 2023, although we're almost halfway through the year. <laughs> Um, but this is a really interesting game. In a way, it does have a little bit of overlap with Immortals of Avium. This is a game that also uses spells, but it also fully incorporates gunplay along with the spells. So to tell you guys a little bit about how this works, there are heavy and light spells, all of which use the elements of nature. So they're all based either with water, earth, fire, or air. Go! By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet! And they also interact in really neat ways. And this is where I start to see some innovation that has me more excited about Witchfire than I do Avium. So, for example, you can cast a lightning spell, and it'll do chain lightning, like you would expect. You can also apply burning effects with fire, which makes the enemy take more damage. Well, they start to synergize in neat ways, where if I hit an enemy first with fire... Then I hit him with lightning. Now my chain lightning is going to have that increased damage, not just to the burning guy, but it now carries to everyone else. And so you can kind of see how, as you can like combo abilities together, and then the effect is greater than the, than the sum of its parts. I think that stuff is really, really neat. And I think the firearms get even more creative, in my opinion. Um, but does this game, uh, did you find this more or less exciting than Avium? It's so funny you asked me that because I was going to ask you, like, which one right now would you put your money on? 100% Witchfire. It's it's 100% Witchfire for me, too. I it, They just, it has that it factor that it's, I can't really even pinpoint, but I think it is the thought that went into the combat. Whereas Immortals of Avium looks like it's just mindless. It's, it, I keep comparing it to Doom because it's super fast paced, run around the battlefield and just shoot whatever gun you have in your hands as much as you can. To me, Witchfire looks a lot more tactical. Now that doesn't mean that it's necessarily slower, but it's just the things that it does. And they do kind of a, I don't want to say a deep dive, but they do a little preview of the gunplay in the game and they show you a couple different guns and they say, listen, this is how you can strategize. If you have this revolver called, I think it's called Hunger, which yeah. is kind of cool, and you get headshots, which are crits, the next time you reload, you'll get these Hellfire bullets or these hell charge bullets or something like that to do a ton Unholy of damage. bullets. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then they they show them glowing like in the revolver, yeah. which I thought was really neat. And then they, they show you like, boom, that guy's one shot. But if you only get two headshots and then you fire, it's like that guy's not dead. And they go down this path of like three different tiers, how you, this gun can level up and do more and more things. They They had another gun that was like an SMG that they were showing just lighting stuff up. So that's just one aspect. The other aspect is the spell stuff like you were talking about to where you can chain combos to enemies. And I just, I love this aspect of the game. It has a slightly more like, I like kind of dark fantasy setting, I guess as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's bit. just a darker setting, I guess that I think I like a little bit more. The kicker for me here is if you put all of these really cool strategies and builds and synergies in your game, and then you make it to where I can just mow down everything without having to worry about it, that's going to fall a little short for me. Like make your enemies tough enough that I actually have to play into these mechanics because that will set this thing apart. Like, like I can't imagine, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it'll be fine tuned with difficulty where it, it all works out well. This was the first time, I would say, since we've played Outriders 
where I actually saw innovative spells and abilities that can work together. So I loved how in Outriders I could play as, I don't even remember the name of my class, like Dominator or something. It was like the tanky uh, class. Yeah, I think it was the Dominator. But you could yeah. get really clever where, you know, as, as I use certain mods and as I do different abilities, it refreshes and increases damage of other abilities. And so it all kind of works together. It's not just as simple as land a crit and it does double damage and that's all it is like that would be very boring but here as you land headshots and then you reload it helps your next magazine and then even if you hit the third tier then it says that if all of your shots are crits then when you reload it'll freeze the enemies that you shot and i'm like oh that's so cool i've never seen that in a game especially in a shooter like this and there's still other abilities like they've only shown a little bit here and there But for example, and they must love this because it's in every single one of their videos, they have this cursed phantom bell where you just spawn a bell. I thought that looked cool as anything, though, man. I really (laughs) did. What a cool idea. Yeah. So you spawn this massive bell in the air, and if you shoot it with your gun, it sends a shockwave that'll momentarily stun everyone within its radius, and you can hit it three times, and then it disappears. And it's like, you can tell these are people that love first-person shooters, and they're just thinking through, what have I never seen in a game that would be neat? Okay, well, what if you could, like, uh, use sound to stun enemies? Cool, well, how do we do that? Let's say you spawn this bell. See, I have a feeling that Witchfire is going to be, like, a surprising hit when it finally comes out. This one has me far more excited than anything else I've seen lately. I'm the same way. I love the the aesthetics of the game are top notch. The effects of the game seem top notch. Like when you hit that bell, like when you shoot it, that shockwave that comes out just feels meaty. Like you expect like everything earthquake. to get knocked down. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I just I love that combination of like guns and magic in that regard. And I love the different tactics and the routes that they're going with it to give you as the player, like you play the way you want to play. I am hyped for Witchfire. I saw a video for this game. I want to say it was nine months or a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever talked about it, but it's much further along now to where they're starting to actually demo some of the different game systems. This, I'm with you. This could be one of the best, like, first person shooter type games to come out, like, in a while. If they can execute on that and have enough variety in the combat and the enemies and stuff and nail the difficulty level, dude. We're talking a, a, a potentially a very, very good and fun game to play. The only disappointing thing on this is there, as of right now, there's no plans for multiplayer or co-op. Um, so this is just a, you know, a, a solo experience. Um, but I'm pretty amped on this one. And I think they said this is the only thing too, is that they're going to release the game, but they're going to release it in early access. And it's like, yeah. dang it. Does that mean it's like a whole nother year or two before like the full game is out? Like, come on. Well, and they've been working on this one a while because this studio has only re- only developed one game, and it's The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Which was a great game, by the way. Came out nine years ago. <laughs> Did it really? Oh, man. Yeah. Come on. So I have a feeling they've been working on this one a long time. It is done in Unreal Engine 4, and I think there is still something to say that when it comes to games, as great as the technical elements can be in Unrecord and Immortals of Aveum, this is the one you and I are most excited to play, and it's still Unreal Engine 4, so I still prefer innovation in gameplay over anything technical, but once we get the marriage of these down the road, as people have the time to pour the passion and 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 the time into Unreal Engine 5, it's only going to get better. Um, that's the, the only like minor critique here is just, it's not Unreal Engine 5, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Well, apologies to Toaster Ball. Uh, we do not have time to cover that story. But if you want soccer, okay, we already have soccer with rocket cars in Rocket League. If you want soccer with toasters, uh, Toaster Ball released in early access a while ago. It's, it's kind of like a volleyball too. Volleyball, a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. Look up Toaster Ball. I this game looks really fun to me. Ninety six percent rating on Steam. You can play up to four people online. It's, it's one ridiculous. of those games that I would love to buy and play. Yes. I just we're not we're not going to deep dive Toaster no. Ball. We don't have any time. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to say thank you to everyone out there for listening. That wraps up this week in gaming. As a reminder, please check out our Patreon page over at MultiplayerSquad.com and follow us on socials everywhere at MultiplayerPod. Make sure to check out all of our new episodes. We release hour-long episodes on Mondays, these 30-minute episodes on Thursdays, and some short quick-take episodes on Saturdays. And until you tune in next time, happy gaming. All right. See you, everybody.